Welcome to Enlighten Up, a podcast created by three friends who are trying to figure out what this whole spiritual journey is about, what all of our experiences actually mean, and why are we here on this planet to begin with. You'll be joining my co-host Lisa Watson, a light language channeler who prefers her whiskey straight, Michael Ronane, a normal dude with an inquisitive yet slightly brash way about him, and myself, Nicole Frolic, an author speaker who stepped out of the spiritual closet holding a bottle of red wine. And we are inviting you to listen in on our casual yet entertaining and hopefully enlightening conversations about what the heck is really going on out there. Lisa and I are going to be sharing some mind-blowing real-life experiences that have shaken the foundation of truth that we've all been told to believe, while Michael makes sure to ask us all the right questions before either of us ascend into stardust. So what's true and what's not? We're going to find out together, and today's episode is our very first episode. We're really excited to share it with you, and we're going to go into what spirituality really means to all three of us, how the three of us got turned on or off of religion and into spirituality, or possibly vice versa, while Lisa is going to take us down her spiritual path and... You aren't going to want to miss this one because it takes some twists and turns that even Michael and I weren't anticipating, and I'm sure Lisa was not prepared to share all of that with us. So stay tuned, enjoy the show, and we will catch you again at the end of the show. Just a quick recap and to let you know what's coming in part two of this episode. Welcome to our very first episode of Enlighten Up. You are joining co-hosts Michael Ronane, Lisa Watson, and myself, Nicole Frolic, for our very first podcast episode, and we are so excited. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm excited. Super excited. Can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, Michael, you sound a little bit uncertain. I Well, this is... You know, you guys, you two are both uncertain to me actually right now as we speak. Oh. That's the point of this. <laughs> we're we're going to go. We're going to go right into it, aren't we? <laughs> that's, that's the point of this podcast. <laughs> well, let's talk about the point of this podcast and how it all came to be, because it really spawned from a very, I guess, inquisitive mind of yours, didn't it? And alcohol. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and, and body snatching. Body oh, it all started it all started one Denver night with a little bit of alcohol laced action and then frustration. <laughs> but go ahead, Nicole. I'll let you tell the story. Well, you know, there's there's a lot going on out there in this world that not many people are aware of yet, but I think what a lot of people can relate to is some level of spirituality. Uh, and this podcast is kind of a casual way for the three of us to talk about our experiences because some of us are having some very interesting uh, experiences happen to us through the spiritual journey that we're all on. And uh, we're trying to figure out exactly what's going on because sometimes we think we've got it figured out and then reality hits and we realize we know nothing. At least that's how I felt recently. I don't know about you two. Oh, definitely. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess we should start off, though, like how we all know each other. 
Because that that is a little bit of a story in and itself. How I do can I start. <laughs> you go first. I, it's all about the red dress. I went to a, a networking event, basically, and was just trying to be social and talk to everyone at the event. But I saw this woman in a red dress, and I just knew I had to go talk to her. And I kind of put it off, and then I put it off. And then finally I said to the person I was with, I've got to go talk to that lady in the red dress. And so I did, and it was Nicole. And we've been pretty much attached at the hip ever since. Yeah, instant besties. <laughs> yeah, instant besties. So, you know, talk about divine intervention. Like, How, how was, long ago was that anyway? Was that like six months ago for you guys? No, even. it was March 20th, March 16th. Oh my gosh, yes. You guys are like three-month three anniversary. Ago. Yeah, we just had our three-month anniversary. You sound like you guys known each other for 20 years, but it's been three months. Well, <laughs> it we, feels we, like it. Yeah, I mean, we can get into that later on and down the road of the show. But um, yeah, best purchase of my life, that red dress, because it brought <laughs> you to my, into my life. And Michael, Michael and I have been friends for... Nine years has it been? Eight, nine years? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with nine years. That seems like a nice if round. It sounds number. like a good number. Okay, we'll we'll go with nine. But well, I mean, I was friends with you. You were not nice to oh, me. Like, oh, no. Okay, okay. let's so, not. Oh, we can go. We can go like like three, four years, really. Uh, let's not even start on that foot and deceive our listeners already from the beginning, Michael, because that is not <laughs> how it happened. I just remember being very charming. I was trying to like take you under my wing and show you like what a good friends are like, and no, didn't work out. So the real story behind that is that when I uh, moved to the Cayman Islands in my early 30s, I started working out at this hotel spa and Michael works for a spa skincare line and he was a rep who would come down to our spa a few times a year and uh, train some of the girls on the products that he'd be bringing down. And so... When I first started there, he had come down quite soon into me starting my job, but for some reason, I just wasn't someone that Michael wanted to get to know. So not, so not true, but go ahead. Yeah, you totally ignored me. I Continue. We'll talk about this. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if it was because I was in a relationship and or what but you just wouldn't talk to me and so this whole year went by while i worked at the spa and i mean we talked we we, in passing while i was at working at the spa and then i left the spa and i kind of went out on my own and started my own company and then he comes down a, a year later uh and i was back at the spa for their christmas party and he looks at me. And he, didn't you like introduce yourself to me for the first time or something? Yeah, Not even knowing I think that. We, I might have. Yeah. See, that's that's the kind of friend you I'm were bad being. with names and faces. I'm sorry. But I remember, you know, I, I remember being very um, uh, felt very bad actually after reintroducing myself to you as if you were brand new. But I, I recognize you because you have a very recognizable feature face. Oh, I don't even know what that means. It means you have an unforgettable face. And that's a good thing. It's a good way. Okay. To the listening audience, it's a good thing. All right. We'll, we'll go with that. But it's interesting Anyway, because... we, we hit it off then, and we've been friends 
pretty much ever since and getting closer and closer year after year. Yes, but our relationship started off more through drunken debauchery. That was like our, that was our common thread is that we well, would just like go out and drink. Well, that's like 90% of my relationships start off like that. <sighs> well, just so we're clear, we were friends and... Um, our our friendship we would always just every time we were down on the island we would go out drinking with some of our other friends and it was just always really just silliness when you when you came down but oh we got married too remember we got married what oh my god you got married what, what, yeah, you, what foolishness you are you talking about now when did we get married me you and lucia when was this you don't remember? <laughs> no. We have a group name, the Twives. Oh, no, that, that yes. Okay, yes, that's right. I was about to say we need an adult audience. Like, <laughs> well, that's there's right. three of us. It was we were, we were three got, of us we, were really good friends. We got we called, yeah, whatever. Understood. Yep. <laughs> okay, moving along. But what was really good is that as we started to grow up and grow out of our um, silliness phase. Uh, I started to gravitate a lot more towards my spiritual path and you did too. And neither of us really knew that that was kind of happening. And then we both realized that we weren't really, um, we weren't really wanting to do all the things that we used to do. And we were more interested um, on other things, things with a little bit more meaning, right? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. I mean, we still go out and have fun, but I mean, yeah. we, we, yeah. we didn't we, give up we're, drinking. We didn't turn no, on this. No, of course not. I mean, I think we're all drinking right now. Are we not? Yes. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, cheers to that. So I mean it's five somewhere. And on some galaxy. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how we all know each other. And of course, Michael came to visit me um shortly after Lisa and I met and they got to know each other. And so all three of us um have been yeah. talking about different spiritual uh I don't even know what to call it, experiences, I guess. And we all Philosophy. decided that our conversations were too good to not share with more people. So here we go. Too, too interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. I I geek out on sci-fi. And basically by knowing you two, I, like, I feel like I'm living a real-life sci-fi movie going on right now. That's what I love about. So this is why I'm excited for today's show and to all the future shows. Because you guys raise a ton of topics and then as I read these topics, it's like going down the rabbit hole of more topics and more topics. And like, this is like when I did visit you in Denver and I met Lisa. And Lisa, by the way, is a person that you will know very quickly when you meet her. She's, she's, you're, you're easy to know, Lisa. I don't know how better way to say that. And it's a compliment. That's a good thing. Uh, I have However, no secrets. Yeah, no secrets. No, you're, you're like me. I, when that, I have no secrets either. I just blurt out whatever. And if you want exactly. to know personal about my life, ask. I'll tell you. But um, I think what really shocked me was this first time I came to Denver to visit Nicole and meeting you guys. Nicole and I were just friends like with random stories of crazy nights and things like that where then Nicole started shedding some inter, uh, some light about what she is believing and, and looking into. And holy crap, it just took me off guard. It was like, it put me on my butt, really, when it comes to like, who are you? What did you do with Lisa? What did you do with Nicole? <laughs> so, but because of my relationship with Nicole for the last nine years, I'm like, okay, 
I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I want to listen to you. I want to understand where you're coming from. I even want to believe you, but you know, I'm, I'm skeptical of a lot of things and I come from a very <clears throat> science-based background. And He's some the, the weatherman. Yeah. Some <laughs> of the things that you guys both say are like, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to really sell me on this one to get me to believe it. So that's where our show kind of like took its little seeds of fruition, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You'll believe it when you see it. And we... Well, that's the problem. We see it because we You guys see it, and I'm still like, okay, am I wearing the wrong glasses? What's going on here? No, but hello, you are think you're starting to see it because didn't you have an interesting experience this week? I know. I chalked it up to nightmare. Uh-huh. Okay. Well... We'll talk, talk about, about we'll talk about that yeah. soon. We'll talk about that soon. So let's let's just talk about the whole idea of a spiritual journey and what it means to be spiritual. Like, what are your thoughts on that, Michael? Oh, you're gonna start with me on yeah, that. Yeah, we're gonna start you with guys you. The, you guys are like the spirit gurus right now. I like to think that there is something bigger and better than us. I really like to think that. You know, I grew up Catholic, and and you know, one of the frustrations I had. Growing up Catholic was, it was just very redundant, you know, practice reciting the same exact things Sunday after Sunday, or in my case, Friday and Sunday after Friday and Sunday, because at church. But it was just very, and I couldn't stand the freaking songs. I could, oh my God. That's one of the reasons why I have a hard time even going to church is the singing that they do is oh, like the I, same I, yeah, monotonous songs. I agree. Uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, so I really want to I really want to believe in something bigger and better out there when it comes in the spiritual world. And I really do want to know or at least shed some light beyond that we're just like pieces of carbon walking around somehow breathing for about 80 years and then that's it. So that's why when you guys were talking, it's like it's very fascinating to listen to you two. Uh, there's definitely no YOLO going on in your guys' life. <laughs> and uh, so that's my, my that's where I'm coming from at a spiritual standpoint. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Lisa, what do you think? Uh, about just what spirituality is? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, Michael nailed it as far as saying, you know, it's just something bigger than ourselves and, and what that means um, to us individual, I think changes over time. It's a, it's a journey spirituality. It's just, um, finding a deeper meaning to life. Like, you know, why, why am I here? What's my connection to the world around me? You know, why do things happen? Do they happen for a reason? You know, how can I live my life in the best way possible? You know, um, you know, do I always have to swim upstream? Like, (laughs) I just want to go with the current for a while you know, I just think spirituality is uh, means something different to everybody, but it's it it's searching within yourself for something rather than outside of yourself. I think is the best. Way I to agree, I, and, that, and that's where that's where I'm like really attracted to what you guys have going on because it's almost like your own personalized spirituality, where you're taking the organization of religion out of your lives. It's more about you and your life, and that's what is really attractive. Well, and it's not to say the, that, you know, religion's bad. I don't, because, you know, that that's not no, what it's not. No, ba- it's not that it's bad, but I, it's like you also don't want to be, like like I said, when going back to the Catholic Church, you just don't want to be like a monotonous going down 
the river with everybody else and not really have to think. You, you know, I want to be able to really think and find spirituality on my own more than what a, a priest was telling me when I was in third grade, if yeah. that makes sense. You know, I think that's like for me, the whole idea of like the spiritual journey, that's like the crux of it is the whole experiential part of it. I'm such an advocate for experiential learning, and I truly believe that each and every one of us learns the best through experience because it really uh, anchors it into ourselves. It anchors it into our complete being when we actually live out something, when we experience it. And it's so much different than being told something or reading something. And so that individual journey of spirituality is unique to us all because we're all going to experience everything in a different way. And I think having these conversations is really cool because we get to share our different perspectives and what happens to us. And, you know, we all have different experiences. So it's interesting to be able to sit down and just listen to one, one another and, and see how it's all unfolding for each individual. And who knows where it's taking us because every time I think I know it's going one way, it's like side side curveball comes in and it's like shakes everything up. But it's I think that's like a huge part is the experience is so important. But, but there's so much more to me that you guys are talking about than just spirituality. You're talking about literally physical things that are happening on this earth, within this earth about the future. I mean, there's so much more than just like, it's not, this is not just about, oh, I believe in one faith or one idea. This is, you guys are basically unraveling a whole matrix of different, um, how do I say it? Things that are going on around. uh, Yeah. Different things that are going on around us where apparently about 95% of the population is completely blind to. You know, I just want to interject and say, you know, religion Although there's, you know, good things about it, at least, you know, it does introduce people to the idea of God and, you know, there's good things about it. But religion is based all around judgment, where, which is, you know, makes no sense whatsoever. But spirituality is based more upon what Nicole was talking about, which is your experience without judgment. It's simply experiencing and going within yourself without judgment. Definitely an attractive quality without judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. I think that's the key. The key term in spirituality is that you you have to let go of all judgment. Yeah, all beliefs. Yeah, all, all beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're free all to really take in a lot more. Um, a lot more. So yeah, religion asks you to come to the table with beliefs. Religion expects that you will have beliefs when you show up, you know, and that that's how you interpret your world is through your beliefs. Where spirituality says, yeah, come. And, and well, also religion tells you your beliefs, and it's like yes, that just seems so oxymoronic to me. It's like, here's what you believe. Oh, you know, that was the biggest thing for me when I was a kid was I was raised Catholic as well, and um, I couldn't stand the church, uh, at least the one that I was going to. Uh, It just angered me as a child. I remember being 12 years old, sitting in the pews, listening to the priest say his sermon, and it was all fear-based. Like, it was just, I could, I could, I was picking up at that young of an age 
the way they were using fear to control us from our quote unquote sins uh, and to prevent us from straying outside of the lines of what is considered to be good versus evil. And I just couldn't understand why an all loving, unconditional God would be judgmental. Um, it just, it didn't, and at that young of an age, I, I was understanding and it made me angry because I didn't believe it. I just thought this is a lie. This doesn't make sense to me and I don't like it. And I was mad at my parents for <laughs> baptizing me and making me go through the whole Catholic church process. And I remember when I was um, 14 and I was doing my confirmation uh, and I had to pick my own name again and all that stuff. And I remember saying, I will never, if I ever have kids, I will never impose a religion on them. They are able to choose any religion if they want to be a part of religion. I will encourage their own choice in whichever religion that is. But it really angered me that I had, I had that one religion imposed on me and I had to go through the whole like process of it all, um, all through school. And I just, and then finally, I just didn't want to go to church anymore. And I would hide in my closet on Sundays and make my mom late, which I knew she hated. And so she would eventually go to church without me. And that's how I started to get out of going to church. <laughs> yeah, you had quite a negative experience. I didn't have so much of a negative experience with, with going to church. It was just that um, I just didn't, it, it wasn't fulfilling enough for me, if that makes sense. And, I, you know, I, I went through confirmation as well and all, all those kind of things. And it was like, I, re I do remember at confirmation, though, just like you, I'm like, I'm being forced to do this because of you two. You're saying that it's my choice to get confirmed, but you're making me do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and so I look at religion kind of the way I look at culture. Like, it's just intertwined in people's cultures. And you grew up, you know, celebrating your 15th birthday instead of your 16th birthday for some reason and things like that, that just that make cultures different. And so that's kind of like the way I look at religion. So religion to me is very unattractive as far as as spirituality. I think I almost look at the two not even the same anymore, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I was lucky. I didn't I wasn't <clears throat> exposed to any. My mother is Catholic, um, eight children. But after her seventh, I'm her eighth. Um, she got a divorce, and then the Catholic Church pretty much told her she wasn't welcome anymore. And so I, of the eight children, am the only one that was not baptized. Um, and we stopped, my mother stopped going to church because that's how the Catholic religion is. Yeah, they're, they're, they're hardcore like that. Hardcore, yeah. And they, I mean, my mother thinks that that's connected to God, and she thinks now that, you know, God has screwed her over. But it was really just the Catholic Church. Yeah. And it's too bad, too, because a lot of people get turned off in their own religions, not just Catholicism. And, I, and I'm not knocking on Catholicism. I actually think it's, it's, it's fine in its own ways. However, I just think religions kind of turn people off. If, if one bad thing happens and all of a sudden your own religion is saying, mm, you're not cool like us anymore, it's just, it just turns you off completely from spirituality and God. And that's, that's not fair. That's not cool at all. Yeah, I think for me the 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 thing that turns me off of religion cuz I do actually I've 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 studied a few different religions. Buddhism is the one I I enjoy the most. Um and but there are parts of um Christianity that I quite like as well. But I think the thing that turns me off of organized religion is that it separates us all. 
And, you know, you, I, I don't want to identify with any particular religion. I just want to be me and have my experiences and, and, you know, try to figure it all out without having to be a part of something. And that's, and that's so, I agree with you 100%. I can't imagine like potentially dying and going to heaven going, oh, you're Lutheran. Sorry. Can't <laughs> join the club. Sucks to be you. Your parents right? raised you wrong. Yeah. So... Well, Lisa, how did you kind of go on your, how did your whole spiritual path start? Well, it started kind of early. It started a long time ago when I was 16. Um, My father, he was very much on a spiritual path and loved to share information with me. He didn't live in the same state as I did, but he used to mail me books that he thought Um, were important for me to read. Um, Pretty much when I was like 14, he started doing that. And when I was 16, he sent me a series of books uh, that make up The Course in Miracles. Uh, The Course in Miracles is a a textbook. It's a manual for teachers, and it's it's daily lessons. Yeah, okay, let's just Um, stop there for a second. (laughs) Because for (laughs) anyone who's out there listening to this right now, if you have never picked up the Course in Miracles, because I picked that up when I was like 34, 35, that is a very difficult read. And so I'm always impressed when you tell people that you started reading that at the age of 16, because that is impressive. To read one paragraph in that book, you need to read it at least three to five times before it actually absorbs, because there's so much profound information in there. Well, um, because you're giving me way too much credit, he, my father also sent me, not only did he send me the books, but he sent me the books on tape, cassette tape. So I was fortunate enough to be able to put it in a cassette player and listen to it, um, which is a lot easier to absorb than having to read it, because as you said, reading it is pretty difficult. But because I had it on cassette, it allowed me to get through the entire um, I don't know how many pages The Course in Miracles has. I have it sitting here in front of me. It's something over a thousand pages, so um, like 1,500 or so. But um, anyway, the, the Course in Miracles is a um, books that have been channeled by um, through, Jesus, through Helen, I can't think of the last, Helen um, Schumann, um, by Jesus. So I just really took to them. I mean, I read everything that my dad sent me. He sent me Norman Vincent Peale and, you know, um, To Love is to Be Happy With, just all sorts of great positive stuff. And I read everything that he sent me. And I, um, and so I read The Course in Miracles. I listened to it. I started to do the lessons. And I loved it more than anything else. It just, it felt like the first thing in my life that really made sense to me. Um, because it was like nothing else I had ever read. And I think I always felt like I didn't understand what I was doing here. I didn't, I didn't understand what was so great about life and why everyone was, would say things like, aren't you just like so happy to live another day sort of stuff? That was not the world I lived in. I was not, it didn't, it wasn't happy for me. And so this perspective helped me to start to shift Um, and then just, um, to understand, become more open to the idea that I wasn't just me, Lisa Watson in this 3d world where stuff was, you know, happening to me, you know, 
alcoholic mother, no food, you know, just difficult childhood situations that made it hard to to be happy or even maybe believe in a God that, you know, how's, how can you believe in that you're being taken care of when you, when you're hungry all the time, you know, stuff like that was hard to understand. So the Course in Miracles helped me definitely get a new perspective on things. Um, made me understand that I was the creator of my experience. Um, that just basically taught me who Jesus was. Um, all at the age of 16. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people are learning how to drive cars. You're like making this kind of connection. It's pretty, it's pretty profound. Well, I didn't have a lot else going on in my life, to be perfectly honest. I, um, like I said, youngest of eight, my mother was an alcoholic. I, my whole family had moved out. I was the last one kind of left with my mom and I, my dad, didn't live, like I said, in the same state with me. And he was kind of a peculiar egg himself. And I just didn't, I didn't have very much. I was very, I felt very out of place amongst my friends who just, I I grew up in a wealthy area in Massachusetts and, you know, they cared about what they were wearing and, you know, what typical teenage girls care about. And I just, I could never wrap my head around that stuff. And I just didn't really know where I fit in. So this this was exciting to me. You know, I wanted to know more. And when I started learning about, you know, I think what hit me kind of hardest was um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Course in Miracles explains that the Son is um, not just Jesus Christ, but all of us, that God only had one Son, and that we are all equal to Jesus and we're all connected as one. I think that intrigued me the most. You know, it's like, wow, I'm not like, I'm awesome. (laughs) Well, that's that's okay. So that is one of my biggest gripes with um, Catholicism. But but Nicole, that they didn't, they didn't necessarily not teach that in Catholicism either though. I mean, I remember this. That's not what I was going to say. What I was, okay. What I'm going to say is that, um, you're taught to worship a God and that you are not, that you are less than that God. And that's couldn't be further from the truth. So I call it source energy, um, the creator. And we are all of source energy. We are all of that um, cre- creator energy. Uh, if we came from that, then that would mean that we are capable of all that is source. And so when we're that whole idea of worship that is taught and it creates such that um, mentality and uh, identification of lack within us and who we are instantly right off the bat and and that's what i really don't like is that it kind of always caps a ceiling on where we can go because you'll never attain the level of um, true spirit, which is source, God, Jesus, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, one of the teachings of, of, of Jesus was that you can do everything I'm doing and more. And that gets lost in the religion and the way that it's taught. And so that was that, like... That, that I agree with, in the way that it's taught, because I think that there's just a lot of bad, quote unquote, teachers out there in, in these things. 
And, and so when, you know, because I remember being called when I was young, a child of God, you are like God, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then later on, like you're saying is like, oh, uh, worship and give 10% of your income over. (laughs) (laughs) Or make confessions for all your sins because you ate too much, you know? Yeah. And and you know what? I'm like, that, okay, that's a whole new podcast is confession. That's a, whoa. No, but so really, anyway. really, like, I remember being, like, eight, sitting in confession and confessing to stealing a grape at the supermarket because I ate one while my mom was putting grapes in a bag. Like, th- right. those were the things I, I was confessing to. Right. Because you were a kid, you got to confess. You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. And so, anyway, that's a different, a whole different subject. It really but is. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so Lisa, okay, so you you found, um, you know, you started to find some meaning with The Course in Miracles. What was the next big transition for you after that? Well, one thing that that happened, um, which while I was studying The Course in Miracles, I decided to um, go on a 10-day fast. I had kind of read or heard somewhere that that, you know, just cleansed you and helped you make a better connection. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I want to do everything I can. Like I'm, I'm all, all in here. Like how can I connect better? So I went on this 10 day water fast and I worked, um, again, I was 16 years old and I worked at this restaurant called Friendly's and I was in charge of, um, scooping ice cream and, and takeout orders and running the cash register. And I realized that I was becoming telepathic during this fast and I was doing okay. my lessons every day. Water fast meaning like you didn't drink water? No, just only water. Oh, like, you there's know. different types of fast. So you're so hungry that you're telepathic or hallucinating? <laughs> I may have been hallucinating. Okay, all right. I just want to put that out there for the jury. Oh my God. So, and I'm working in a restaurant scooping ice cream, so I had, you know, extreme Oh, that's, that's torture. All day temptation right in front of your face. My goodness. And I, and I didn't I didn't eat a damn thing for 10 whole days. And I did my lessons every day from the Course in Miracles, and I was just that was my goal in life. That's what I was doing. But things would happen like this gentleman walked in, uh it was busy. There was a line in front of me waiting to check out and pick up their takeout orders. And this guy walked through the door and I had a takeout order ready. And as soon as he walked in, I knew that he was Dave. You know, I just, I said, Hey, I kind of waved at him to the back. He was like in the back waiting. I'm like, Dave, come on up. Like I have your takeout order here. And he said, how do you know that I'm Dave? (laughs) And I said, are you not Dave? (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) And it just was so matter of fact to me. I just remember being like, but I know he's Dave. Like, and then that's when I kind of realized, wow, like I'm like, I'm starting to get this. I'm starting to get this oneness um, that we are all connected and, and that is one mind. And so, you know, it was just a small, small little thing, but it, um, you know, it helped with my belief of what, what I was studying and the principles that I was being taught that, wow, you know, I think there is something to this. Um, but I, to get on with the story, I, um, so 16, and I did that for like a year and a half or so, and Jesus came to me one 
day in my room and just kind of appeared and told me um, to move to Boulder. And I did my my current boyfriend at the time lived in Boulder and I had been to visit him. Okay, wait, 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 wait. When you say Jesus appeared to you, can you elaborate on that? Because I'm pretty sure most people haven't had Jesus appear in their room. You know, it's it's really funny because I didn't think anything of it. Like, I, I mean, I never spoke of this to anybody, like not friends, not parents. I never even told my father who sent me the, the books. Like, I just didn't share this information with anybody. It was just um, kind of a personal thing to me. When I say that he appeared, it was just like, like a hologram sort of in my room. I just looked up and I saw him there and he just said, move to Boulder. And I was said, okay. Like it just, I don't know. It almost seemed natural. I really didn't think a whole lot of it. And, and the truth of the matter is I, um, because like I said, my mother was ousted from the Catholic church and I was never baptized and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I did end up getting baptized much later in my life and introduced to the Catholic Church. And I realized that the divine mercy um, picture of Jesus with the um, bleed, like it's got light coming out of him, like red and, and white and yellow light coming out of his heart. That was what I saw in my room, was him oh. in that figuration. But I didn't have any idea what that was until, oh gosh, like, 20, 15, almost 20 years later. Do you have that picture, Michael? Have I seen that picture yeah. in your car? No, I'm literally, I'm literally looking at it right now on my phone. Yeah, so that's Jesus, what I saw. So Jesus is white. All right, that solves a lot of questions. This is where it's going to be really hard for me to like understand, obviously, um, because it's such a uh, subjective kind of thing going on. But like, you, you think it's no big deal that Jesus shows up in your bedroom where I'm like, I'd be a little bit freaked out at least for at least 20, 30 years or so. <laughs> well, keep in mind, it was 16 years old too. So I didn't have... That make it better though, in my opinion. <laughs> well, random, I just think that we formed... a guy in your room at 16 years old and you're not freaking out. Okay, sure. Let's go in. I was, I was telepathically reading people's minds at the time. Like this was at the same time. Like I was studying the Course in Miracles like it every day. Like it was just natural to me. Like why wouldn't he be talking to me? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> like what? And I had never I hadn't been poisoned by religion either. So keep in mind I never like, I won't say I never went to church because I remember doing a little church play when I was younger, something, but we didn't go to church on a regular basis. I, I wasn't taught any of those beliefs. So so he tells I, you, you've got to move to Boulder. He just said, yeah, you just go to Boulder. And I, I was like, okay. Done. So your parents like, who live in Massachusetts. Did he, give you, did he give you a reason? Like gas prices are lower there or something like that? <laughs> I um I didn't really have my I when you say parents my mother um could barely take care of herself so I pretty much had the choice to do whatever I wanted to do okay. and I um yeah so I asked my father if he could loan me some money and 
he gave me $300 and I applied to go to CU in Boulder and they, I didn't have enough money to go to CU, but I could take a class there. Uh, they said I could take, you know, just a class at a time since I couldn't fully enroll because I couldn't afford it. And that's what I did. I went to Boulder with the intention of going, you know, that was the cover story. I guess I'm going to go to CU there. So You didn't tell them. To Jesus told you to go. I didn't tell anybody that. <laughs> yeah. I did end up telling one of my sisters later and she laughed at me and she said, yeah, whatever. It's your boyfriend lives there. That's why you're going. And I was like, what? I don't, whatever. I didn't, I didn't explain it to her. Yeah. So Jesus so, shows up, tells you, yo, go join your boyfriend in Boulder. That's what we're talking about. Yep. So I went, so, it gets yeah. better, Michael. It oh no, no. Better. This is, if, if I've heard a little bit about this story, it does get better. <laughs> Continue. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, I feel like I'm really going out on a limb by saying this, um, over the airwaves, so to speak, because um, <laughs> once it's out children, there, it's out there. <laughs> I have, I have children and they haven't heard this story. So this may, you know, say it be, delicately. A, be, a shock, be a shock to some. <laughs> so it's the truth is the truth though. So, um, So I go to Boulder and I'm very confused. I don't know why I'm there. I'm completely relying on Jesus to just basically, you know, (laughs) hand me a map and tell me, you know, what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to go. And um, I am living with my boyfriend who goes to school there and we get, you know, share a room, a few roommates and um, start looking for a job and just do the normal things you would do when you move to a new city. Um, and I'm frustrated and I'm asking Jesus on a regular basis, like, can you give me a clue here? Like, why am I here? I can't even find a job. I'm running out of money. I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, the economy's really bad in, in Colorado at this time. I literally can't find a job. I can't find a restaurant job. Well, I did find a restaurant job waitressing, but like part-time I'm, I can't find anything substantial. So I end up um, becoming a topless dancer because my boyfriend said that I would be good at it and I could make some money. <laughs> He's like, you should just go like dance over. That is over. a progressive boyfriend. I'm great like, boyfriend. Bus- great boyfriend. You have. <laughs> well, we used to go to the bus stop and get Coors night, Tuesday nights, Coors for 75 cents bus stop in Boulder. And we would go. And then he just looked at me like, just get a job here. Like, and the bus stop great. is, um, a dance, um, a, Topless dance bar. bar. Yeah. Was it his excuse to just be there at work watching you amongst others? Yeah, Michael, give us your male opinion on what that Uh, was I'm just saying, if I convinced my... How old were you at the time? I was 18. He was 20. Yeah. If I convinced my 18-year-old girlfriend to get a job at the nudie club, uh, it's because I want to go to the nudie club and not feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) I went with him to the nudie club, though. Like, we, it was just... It was kind of a college hangout thing. Like lots of college guys would just go and like I said, get 75 cent cours and, you know, throw dollars on stage. And it was, it was, it wasn't Ah, that place. It was just topless T bars, no G strings, no pole work, really just, you know, just strutting up and down the stage. (laughs) Now, so I did, did that. 
And I was still confused. I still didn't clearly understand. Clearly. Jesus sent me to bowling. <laughs> to become Jesus sent you to be a stripper? Yeah, no, that doesn't sound right. Uh, so, <laughs> I, Jesus did not appear at the bar at any time, did he? No, <laughs> he did not. Oh, yeah. So things be... kind of went awry with my boyfriend, and uh, I knew that, you know, he wasn't going to be a good fit for me. And um, I ended up having to quit the bus stop because I was underage and I was using my sister's fake ID just to work there because you had to be 21 and I was only 18. So I ended up having to quit and I got a job at a different um, strip club in Denver. And that's where I met my soon-to-be husband. He walked in the door. Um, it was just very un very unusual situation. He. He's not the type of guy you would ever expect to go into a strip club. You know club what? And- I, have to, I have to stop. I realize I need to go to more strip clubs. <laughs> I could potentially meet my wife at a strip club. What was I thinking? True story. Anyway, continue. So, um, you know, I'm trying to keep this story, you know, as brief as possible. Oh, but- no. Uh, throw some details in there. I'm fine with it. So, my... My um, soon-to-be husband, he was a, a golf professional that worked at a golf course near this strip club, and he drove by it every day on his way home from work. And he was on a quest to find a wife. <laughs> and he, he was. He was just, like, dating, dating, dating furiously. He said he had dated, like, 80 women that year. <laughs> Wait, is that a real number? Did he actually count them? Like, did he keep track? 80. Yes, 80. He oh literally counted them? Were you, 80, so yeah. you were 81? I think it was 81. Number 81. Wow. (laughs) And he said that he got a message from God to go into this (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, to the listening audience, this is why we're doing the show. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) I I love you so much. This is, why, this is why we're friends. To a strip club. That's what he told me. He said, God said I would find my wife in there. Oh, my goodness. So this is why there's no I, judgment. This is why we have no judgment. None. But it's still funny. So he, um, I was still living with my current boyfriend at the time. I hadn't broken up with him. But um, this guy was very persistent, wanted to go on a date with me, just, um, asked me, asked me, asked me. And finally I conceded and I was like, okay, I'll go on a date with you. My boyfriend was cheating on me anyway. So I think it it didn't matter. And I told him I'm going on a date and that was that. So we, um, (laughs) young love, really. Uh, It happens in old love too. Let's face it. (laughs) Well, Jesus decided to talk to me again at the strip club. No, not at the strip club, but just in general, like his voice, like, came through loud and clear, and he told me that I was going to marry this man. He said, this is, well, it wasn't quite like that. Okay, here, it's a better story. Okay, so I'm sleeping at this guy, my soon-to-be husband, his name's Bob. I'm at his condo, and he, um, being a golf professional, get up very early, like 4.30 in the morning and leave. So when I woke up, he wasn't there. And I woke up in his condo and I 
looked over and there was a dresser very close to the bed and it had like a stack of his business cards on it. And I woke up and I reached, I turned and I looked and on this business card, it said, my name is Lisa Watson. It what? That's my maiden name, my born name. And his last name is Macaluso. And this business card said on it, Lisa Macaluso. And I, I was like, that's fucking weird. Like, did this guy already have like business cards? Like, ah, uh, yeah. Like, I was like, oh my god. Like, do I need to get out of here now? Like, this is weird. How, so okay, wait, wait. How, how? What's the time frame from you meeting to this happening? Uh, like a month. Yes. Okay. Like maybe less than thirty days. Very quickly. So I was like Lisa McLuhan, and I just. I did that like when you, you pinch yourself because you think you're dreaming, right? So I thought I was like having this lucid dream, which I do sometimes. And I was like slapping my face, pinching myself, like roll back over, open my eyes again, turn back to the cards, pick it up again. And it still said the same thing. And I just was kind of like talking to Jesus, like, what the fuck? Like, what, what's going on here? And I closed my eyes again and then opened them. And then the card kind of went to what it really was, which was his business cards. It was just a stack of his business cards, and it said Robert Macaluso. And I was like, okay, that was just funky weird. Like, I don't know. I just, again, didn't tell anybody or say anything. So you had one business card out of the whole stack that had your name on it. All of, like, they all did. I just, I was so in shock by the one that I was holding. I don't remember if the ones behind it said it, too. I assume they did. I don't really recall. Okay. I think they did because I think I put it down and I like grabbed another one and they all said my name. So what, what happens after this? So after this, I just, you know, go on about my day. Of course. <laughs> and we end up, it's kind of a rocky start. Um, I'm really actually, to be perfectly honest, this is the part that's kind of hard to, to say. Um, I'm not really into this guy. And the thought of like marrying him, I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, there were just some serious red flags that went up for me. And I just, he's 11 years older than me. And I just, I, I didn't really want to date him at all, at all. So we ended up like breaking up uh, quite a few times. But there were a few things about him that really intrigued me, which I, I just actually remembered the other day he was reading a book at the time. He had this book in his condo and I picked it up. I'm like, Oh, what are you reading? And I can't remember the title of the book. Um, it might've been like love is letting go of fear. I'm not exactly certain, but he had been through a recent like divorce before that. And he had kind of struggled emotionally. And I think he had had was looking spiritually for some sort of guidance. So he was reading this. It was a small little book. But I'd flipped to the, the front of the book, and it said that it was based off the principles of the Course in Miracles. And that blew my mind that he was reading a book that was based off the principles of the Course in Miracles. So it made me think that this guy was a lot more spiritual than he ended up being. Um, but I still wasn't really that interested in him. And we, we broke up a few times. Um, and I just, it was after like the fourth time that he had put my shit out on the sidewalk and changed the locks on the door so I couldn't get into his place. The fourth um, time. Yeah. 
first three times wasn't a clue, but the fourth time, you're like, okay, I got it. So the fourth time, yeah. So I went to go live with my friend and stay with her in Boulder. Um, and we were walking down the Pearl Street Mall, and she was saying, oh, you know, that's kind of a bummer. You guys broke up. And, and I turned to her and just, I don't know where it came from, out of my mouth. I just said that to her, yeah, but I'm going to marry him. And she was like, what? And I go, I don't know what. <laughs> I was like, what did I just say? I'm like, I don't know, but I guess I'm going to marry this guy. Like, I really feel like I'm going to marry this guy. And I just had this knowing in me and this guidance that this is the man that I was supposed to marry. And that is why I was here. This is why I had come to Boulder. And basically, I've been asking for guidance, and here it was. So you know, take it or leave it sort of thing. Like, do you trust me or not? And I just really had faith. I had faith in, in Jesus. I had faith in those um, messages that were coming through me that I knew were not my own thoughts. And I basically just succumbed to that and said, okay, I'll do it. I'll marry him. Well, you're like a better woman than I am because I don't know if I would have ever listened to any voices in my head if that had been the case jesus or not it's that that is really a testament to having faith at that particular time in your life i have to give you credit there i i mean i think that that's just the key word there i feel like i was i wasn't taught faith i was born with faith and i don't know why that that was so inherent in me but um I've just always had an incredible amount of faith. And I I just, I believe, I believe in what, what I hear. It's not like I'm hearing voices sort of thing, but you just, it's that gut feeling, that just feeling that you know, and you're just, I know that this is what the right thing to do. And so I had a conversation with, with God or Jesus or whomever was coming through that I'm like, okay, I will do this. I will marry him but I'm not doing it for my whole life. And I remember saying, you know, maybe 24 years. I don't know why 24, but I remember thinking that, like, I can do this. I, we're gonna have, I knew we were gonna have kids together because he loved kids and I love kids. And I'm like, okay, I know we're gonna have kids. So I'm gonna do this until like the kids are grown, like 24 years, and then that's it. And how and long were you married? I was married for 25 years, together for 28. And then divorced after 20, 25 years. Um, and, it, you know, my marriage wasn't, there were a lot of, I had a great life. Like I was very well um, taken care of in so many different ways. But my ex-husband was a very um, emotionally immature and controlling person that just had a lot of, just a lot of stuff that he still needed to work out. Um, and it, as difficult as he was at times, it seemed sort of easy for me because I knew that I was on a mission. Like I was given a task. I was given a job to do. And I just decided I was just going to be the best wife and the best mother that like the world had ever seen. And I literally just stepped into this stepford wife role and i was like okay if this is what you want me to do i'm gonna i'm gonna 
I'm going to get a fucking A on this course. <laughs> like, and that's how I always felt. I just always, I used to say that to myself. I just, I just want to get an A. I just, I'm just going to get an A at this. I'm just going to do it and I'm going to do it right. And it just was never really about me. It just was about whatever this task that I was given to be married, to be a wife and to be a mother. And I just chose to, I mean, that sound, I, I can't even believe the words as they're coming out of my mouth because it sounds so ridiculous. Um, but it's true. That, that was what I did for the next 25 years. So when you finally break free, your mission is now complete and you divorced. Like, what, what, is, what is next for Lisa? No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's back up here. <laughs> Lisa, I'm going to have to ask you the hard question. Please do. <clears throat> Why did Jesus tell you to go to Boulder and marry this guy that you met in a strip club? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. You know, I feel what I've learned from what I've learned recently about um, some more spiritual aspects of things. Um, we have contracts with certain souls that we come we come to this life to work out certain things, um, sometimes with certain other souls, and that this was obviously an agreement and a contract that I had. <laughs> you, you, had a 25, you had a 25-year marriage agreement with a, with a soul from the past life or something like that? Yeah. Wow. And, that, and, I, and I lived it out. I did what I was supposed to do. And I, and I feel like, you know, now that I understand that a little bit better as far as the, soul contracts go and stuff I feel like wow I'm so glad I did that because I could have I could have chosen not to do that I could have not listened and said you know I'm not really in love with this guy and I really don't want to spend the next 25 years you know dealing so with this Jesus difficult. was like the lawyer hooking you guys up making sure the contract was fulfilled I you know I asked him for guidance that's all I can say is I asked open-endedly you know what where do you want me to go? What should I do? You know, I just want, I don't, I will do whatever it takes to, to make the most out of this life. Just sign me up. Tell me where to go. And, and you know, when he, so when he said to go to Boulder, I said, okay. When he said, marry this guy, I said, okay. You know, I just was listening. I just felt like I asked, I didn't have an, a better idea. You know, I wasn't like, no, I really want to, you know, go to med school and become a doctor and I don't want to do this. Like, I didn't have any better idea. Okay. So after <clears throat> I got divorced, I, and he was Catholic. So even though at the beginning, I, he sort of was open-minded. I talked about the Course in Miracles. He knew that I was studying it. I even asked him if he would do it with me, and he kind of like nodded his head, oh, yeah, sure. And, and I, but then once we um, had children and our kids were like two, say my oldest was like two, and it was time to, you know, say prayers to them at night and do stuff like that, he suddenly realized that, oh, okay, I want my kids to be raised Catholic. So he basically told me, you know, put your Course in Miracles bullshit away 
um, and teach teach my kids a Catholic prayer because they better know that Hail Mary by the time I get home from work tonight sort of thing. So I was like, oh, okay. And um, he had a not-so-nice side to him that was a little scary. And um, I just wanted to keep peace, and I just, I did. So Catholic we became. And I just kind of set down my my other stuff um, for the next 20-something years um, until I got a divorce. And then as soon as I got a divorce, I literally, like, you know, picked it all up again and um, picked up the Course in Miracles again. You know, my quest for spiritual growth resumed. It became, again, the number one most important thing in my life. And then just suddenly a woman appeared in a red dress. And (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, you know, quickly became friends with Nicole, which we just found we had so many things in common. Was it just you guys, was it just you like going, that's a sexy red dress. Let me talk to this person. Or like something more. It's just how I kept describing her. I'd like, I got to go talk to that lady. I didn't know her name. So she was wearing a red dress. It was just like, I got to talk to the lady in the red dress. I just had a really strong um, calling to go speak to her. Like, I knew that I had to go talk to her. And, and I'm you know, so up- glad you did. Because I remember, <laughs> like, you, we exchanged information. You texted me that weekend. We ended up meeting up for coffee on the Monday. And back it up. Back it up. How did girls meet each other? What do you guys, What did you guys just say, like, literally when you actually met each other? Well, we were both drinking wine. Our wine glasses were empty. We knew we needed to top them up. And from there, it was just home run. Yeah. Like, we just started. We just hit it off. All right. I just said. The same way we met. Just walk, up to, just walk up to people and say hi. You know, I just said hi. I've been, you know, my name's Lisa. Who are you? <laughs> so. But, um, and then just everything happened so quickly. That was only three months ago, and I met Nicole, and then quickly she introduced me to a few other people that just, you know, we had like interests, and um, there were just all of a sudden all these people coming into our lives that had similar spiritual views on things, but were normal down-to-earth people that, you know, like to go out dancing and drinking and, you know, just be normal and have fun, but also have a deeper understanding of, you know, where they are and what their place in this world and this life is. And um, I, Nicole introduced me to Tiffany Kiefer, who does um, DNA activation. And that's a whole nother story we can talk about. But so Tiffany activated me. I had some, a, a psychic reading. I had my Akashic records done and I started just really focusing on raising my vibration through um, not eating meat. I already didn't eat pork and beef for the majority of my life, but I quit eating chicken. I quit eating fish, Um, you know, just started trying to meditate every day and um, which I had been doing, but just became really, you know, more focused and more serious on it. And then I don't know, the mountains sort of started calling to me and I, decided I needed to take a trip to Telluride one weekend, spur of the moment. And before I knew it, I was in Telluride and channeling light language (laughs) out of the blue. Like, just 
all of a sudden my mouth started moving and I started channeling this light language, which uh, that, some of it, listeners may know of as speaking in tongues. And that's probably where we should end for yours, because that's a whole new podcast, light language. So I definitely want to get into. Well, I think, you know, um, just quickly, like light language is just a very high vibrational tone and sound. Um, it's, it's spoken in tongue, but it's very healing. If you start to Google light language, um, it's basically what the language that's spoken on the soul level. So yeah, we're definitely right, gonna, we're right, definitely gonna have right. to do a like, po- whole podcast like I, I, on that. Like I said, like my, even my parents spoke in tongues when I was a child, and it was like always very creepy, frustrating to a child, at least to witness. What do you so, mean your parents spoke in tongue to you? You know what? Hello? <laughs> what? You just dropped that one in casually. Yeah, they didn't speak it to me. They were speaking it, not to me, but like speaking it. Yes, my parents did. What, over a bottle of wine at the dinner table? Like, how did that happen? I imagine my parents are very, I mean, my parents are very devout. I I love my parents. I love the fact that they are super devout in their beliefs. And them amongst, they they joined a a community of people that I very well respect. That very was, uh, very much was adapted to this world of like potentially speaking in tongues and so yeah i heard them amongst many other people speak in tongues if you will in the catholic church yeah isn't that amazing yeah anyway um so they did that and i just looked at it as a kid like when what the heck is going on here i want to get back home to my game boy did they wait did they know you heard were you there when like Yes, 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 yes. And they never explained anything to you? Well, they they said it was the language of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And and I'm like, and the, and the, and, and the, the saddest thing about the Trinity that people like to try to believe in is like the Holy Spirit is like that one dude that nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh he's a, he's a quiet guy in the corner, <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit, I mean, Jesus yeah he's cool man yeah hang out with him he's cool and uh, you know you know, God God's got his things he's he's either Old Testament God one day or New Testament God the other day, but the Holy Spirit that's the enigma of the whole Trinity in my opinion from what we've learned, and so go ahead. I was just going to say my understanding of the Holy Spirit, you know, through the course of miracles is that God God can't see all this bullshit that's going on down here cuz he didn't create it. We fabricated it. We just fell asleep, we're in a dream. So he doesn't he can't even relate to it. So the Holy Spirit is his connection between us and him. Like the Holy the, Spirit is the translator. It's a yep. translator. Holy Spirit's a translator. All right. Good. It's well, I'm glad task. we cleared that one up. It's a tough <laughs> task because, you know, I don't even know. I, I look at Instagram and like, what the heck is this word? I mean, it's like, it's amazing how much communication is just changes on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, speaking in tongues, I remember being creeped out by it as a child. But like, and then I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, my parents are happy and they believe they what they believe. And, and I really wish, I do, I honestly 
believe this in my life. I really wish I could have the spirituality that my parents do have. And then meeting you guys, you have a beautiful spirituality that makes you happy, connected in the way, a very um, non-judging, which I like, of course, and I would imagine most people in the audience would like. And that's why I'm like attracted to this situation. But I'm attracted to a lot of situations, meaning like if it brings your best essence, your best goodness out of your life, then go for it. I am so in tuned now, ever ever since that Denver night with you guys, uh, it's what four, five, four or five months ago. I was that so was two tuned. months ago. <laughs> what, whatever time time doesn't really exist in your as well. It really doesn't. doesn't no, it doesn't. <laughs> so true that I'm twenty five. Um, um, but that like when negative people are around me, I react in like a convulsive kind of way. Like get away from me. I don't want you near me. I don't want you in my life. And there's good people that I like as friends that are very negative. I'm like going now. I'm like second guessing myself. Should I be friends with you? Should I have you in my life? Do I need to continue this path with you guys being in my life? And I just really want to surround myself with positiveness. That's why this is such a fun adventure that the three of us are doing. And even if we have like, as I told Nicole, even if we have zero listeners, I don't care. This is going to be enjoyable. This is going to be fun. Okay, we are going to stop right there for part one of this episode. And clearly, as you can tell, we are having a great time with these conversations. So tune in for our next episode, which is part two, where we continue this conversation on speaking in tongue, judgment, and then I'm going to share my spiritual journey with you and how I got started and where it took me. Don't forget to visit our website, enlightenup.us, where you can learn more about who we are and catch up on any other episodes. As well, we are looking for some podcast ratings. It's our first show, so we would love some love from all of you. Please go ahead and rate us if you can. We'd love to know what you think and how we're doing. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the show, we'd be happy to do that. So please send your questions to us at info at enlightenup.us and we'll try to get those answered uh, in the upcoming shows. And for social media, please go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We have both of those active as of now. So thanks for joining us on the episode and we'll see you on part two coming very soon.